The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Just the tip. Wait, what? Oh. I'm about to say, point of viewer, that's usually on Saturdays, bro. But again, you're more than invited to come on the show. I popped Brandon, so I'll take it. Yeah. It's the tip-off. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound right either. Well, I guess it is, though. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Your friends and family over at the kickoff joining you once again with this time the 2019 NCAA tournament preview episode where we will be giving you our predictions for our upsets and what we think is going to happen. Obviously, we know nothing as last year clearly proved, (laughs) but maybe this year we'll do better. Probably not, but hey, anything's possible. It is indeed the tip-off here on the W2M Network. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, it's the same cast of characters that you know and love. The co-host turned executive producer, Brandon Biscabing. Be prepared for Jason levels of homerism on my part. The executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. Now we're gonna talk basketball. I mean, technically speaking, the only one who isn't going to be a homer on this show is Eric. Mm-hmm. Well, well Jason doesn't have a team either. Yeah, I guess technically. Well, I, my second favorite team is is in the in in the tournament. I thought your second favorite team was Marshall. His you can go second, burn in hell. His second favorite team is Duke. I remember that from last year. Okay, fair enough. Ugh. The voice you just heard, the dookie himself, is Jason Teasley. No, my name is Jason Matthews, and I'm a correspondent here in Cincinnati for CBS Sports. And I'm reaching out to the chair to see if he would like to fill an obligation and opening that we have in our writing department. <laughs> I popped Eric. Yeah, he did. did. The I views and opinions of... The views and opinions of Jason Teasley do not necessarily reflect those of any sane person. Anyway. No, the views and opinions stated by Jason Teasley pretty much agrees with everybody on the kickoff. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's talk tournament, gentlemen. The first four is underway as we're recording this for point of reference, not cooler, although that will be available again soon. For point of reference, we're recording this Tuesday night as the first four is going on here. We have 61 of the 64 teams officially confirmed. There are six other teams that are still vying to get into the tournament. Belmont currently leads Temple by six at halftime in a game that has been definitely very much run heavy. Because at one point, Belmont was up five, and then Temple won up like seven. And now Belmont's up six as we're getting ready to start the second half here. That's overall, basketball for you. Let's overall, go, Belmont. Overall, Eric, what are your thoughts on this year's field of 64 as the way that it's shaping up right now? Do you think it's as good as last year's tournament? Do you think it's worse? Do you think it's better? What are your overall thoughts on the 60 te- the 68 teams that were selected to participate in the madness? Okay. I think it's a little bit worse because this one – in even though I was a little bit generous with a couple of my upsets throughout the bracket, you're going to get that usual handful of first-round upsets and maybe a slight one to the Sweet 16, but would it surprise me from there if it turned out to be all chalk? No, it wouldn't, because outside of Gonzaga... Your one and two lines, I think they got just about right. And those are really going to contain your teams that are going to dominate this year. At least in theory. But that theory always goes out the window. The only year that I remember that it actually turned out that the number ones and twos dominated the tournament was back in 2009, ten years ago. Right. And I'm thinking that it could be potential for this again. 
Do I have my eye on a couple of lower seeds making it? Of course I do. But again, I'm not going to have that shock if we see for only the second time ever all four number one seeds going through. It would be I a- I, I'm, I'm going to make. I'm going to foreshadow something. I have an upset that will make you guys probably fall out of your seats. I have a couple. Accepted. I have a couple of doozies planned for later on in the show this when we do this as well. And I got to say that I need to go back and listen to last year's because I know there were a couple of them that we did last year that landed and none of us thought were going to. I know personally two of my major upset picks that I announced on the show live when we did the preview landed. I can't remember what we record, I recorded last night, much less anything I recorded mm. last year. Well, I know last year I picked Loyola Chicago over Miami in the first round, pissing off Eric, and then I do yeah. remember you taking that. And then we all, and then we all know where Loyola Chicago ended up, all the way in the Final Four. They're in the NIT this year and actually playing as we speak right now in the NIT against. Is, old, is the is the old lady dead? No, she's still there. Oh, okay. and how dare you refer to Sister Jean as such? No, 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 no. Right, because I am going. The only reason I didn't fly to Chicago. A, I don't have fifteen hundred minimum to do while I'm Sorry, I had a microphone malfunction. I'm back. Okay. Thought somebody was unwrapping a Twix and I was getting jealous. Well, no, uh, two left. I went right Twix. Oh, right, obviously. All right. I'm a left-hand guy. Well, I'm, I'm, I apologize for that. <laughs> uh, Brandon, what's your view on the 64? Um, I think, they pretty, I think they pretty much got it right. There wasn't really, like, over the last couple of years, we've had those, like, one or maybe even two big snubs that everyone's talking about. You don't have that this year. You don't really have a big snub that everyone thought, oh, they should have gotten in, but they didn't. Uh, so I think they got it pretty much right. The committee said that the last team into the tournament was St. John's. They play tomorrow in a play-in game against Arizona State. The one lines in the NIT tournament were UNC Greensboro, Indiana. Hold on, I'm trying to remember the other two. I had it in front of me, and then I clicked to a different page. But... They talked about how the first four teams that were left out of the NCAA tournament now become the automatic one lines in the NIT. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go. All the more reason why my idea, I really think, can pay off. Which is? Eric. You know what, Eric? I need a few seconds. Go ahead and discuss the tournament. Okay, my super tournament, the real Final Four, I was thinking about this, and it was also Jason and I had a similar idea, but then I had to make tweaks to mine to make it better. You have four tournaments as we stand now, the NCAA, Mm -hmm. the NIT, the CBI, and the CIT, the CollegeInsider.com tournament. My idea for a super playoff, you make all four tournaments 32 teams apiece. With what would have been the NCAA, I now call the Champions Tournament, is just that. Your 32 conference tournament champions, they play each other. Okay. For the NIT, your 32 regular season conference champions. Because regular season conference champions get automatic bids in the NIT if they do not go to the NCAA tournament as is. Now, if the regular season champion also wins a conference tournament, they that spot then goes to the second place team. Now, the CBI, as it currently stands at 16 teams, I would expand that to 32, but have it. As Harry mentioned, your Power Six conferences, 
but I would expand it to your main majors, which would be football-wise considered FBS schools, those teams that would have had either at-large bids or have been right on the bubble anyways. Keeping the collegeinsider.com tournament for your 32 mid-major teams to get them better representation. You have all, all four of those tournaments play out, get those four tournament champions. Those four tournament champions go to your NCAA Final Four, duke it out for a national championship. Okay, I don't know who's constantly getting text messages right now, but I can hear your phone vibrating. Just as, as can I. Just as a heads up. Um, the only issue that I foresee with that, Eric, is that you could be looking at sub-500 teams making runs in tournaments to get Whoa. towards tournaments. Or not in not the only... Case of the, thir- the case of the 32 in the College Basketball Insider, as you would have it, the CBI, is the mid-majors might not have enough teams that are at or above a certain level in order to make said tournament. Well, your CIT is already at 32 as is, and that's considered the third-tier tournament. The CBI, the College Basketball Invitational, that's the only one that that would expand. And if you were to look at current numbers, if you take the field of 68, then the third 64 from the NIT and the CIT, and then you add the 16 from the CBI, you have 148 teams. I would actually decrease that number by 20, and you only have 128 teams. Thus, with the more probability that you have teams with at least a 500 record or better. Now, if the mid-majors cannot fill the CIT, then you would have that open to more what you would call bottom-of-the-barrel spots for your major schools. The only the issue with that is... There's well, there's a lot of issues in regards to how they would um like how they would uh market it and all of that because, you know, while yes the Cinderella teams the Cinderella stories do sell the uh NCAA tournament, at the same time a lot of people wanna see the bigger schools as well. So it's like if you only have five or six in the NCAA tournament, are people gonna watch it? Well, here's also the thing. Outside of the NCAA, your other end, the NIT semifinals forward, your other postseason tournament games are held on campus sites. That would actually be easier. Now, the only problem would be television. Mm -hmm. That would have to negotiate heavily, and I do agree with that. But from the fan bases, those coming out and seeing it in person, it may even be better. Oh, yeah. In, in terms of actual attendance, it definitely would be better. Mm-hmm. The other two number one seeds in the NIT to go with Indiana and UNCG are Alabama and TCU. Jason, you've been relatively quiet about the tournament thus far. What do you think of this field of 64 that we have? Well, 68, technically. I... I... I think it's pretty balanced. I mean, this bracket was kind of, kind of hard to pick. Uh, you know, typically your number one overall seed has one of the quote unquote easier brackets, but I'd look at Duke's bracket and it's, it's pretty stacked. Um, the only thing I only complain I have with the bracket is, uh, Certain teams getting home games when they if they make it to the Sweet 16. I don't think that I think that they're uh, where certain teams got shipped to could have been better planned out. But it is what it is. We're gonna we're gonna just roll with it. And I think this will be a better tournament than it was last year. If it's any. Real quick, Eric, if it's any consolation about that team possibly getting a home game in the Sweet Six, uh, basically a home game in the Sweet 16, it draws arguably the best of the five seeds in the second round if it comes to that. There's an entire possibility that they might not see the Sweet 16 this year, and I say that as a fan of that team. 
I've got one. I don't know if it's a beef, but it's kind of a question mark. From my understanding, and the committee mentioned this previous, as part of the rules for the practice, you cannot same bracket two consecutive years. And you have to avoid conference matchups until the Elite Eight. Looking at the bracket shaping out, I don't know if they forgot that rule or if it's, they rescinded it because it's there been is rescinded. Okay, because there's a potential conference matchup in the Sweet 16, and I'm like, wait, they can do that now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were a couple. There's a couple of potential conference conference matchups in the Sweet yeah, 16. Yeah, there's a few. The very first one that sprung to mind for me was the possibility of Duke and Virginia Tech. And then right underneath that, you have the potential for Maryland and Mich State. Yeah, that one, one of those two I have circled and I brought it up for a reason. Stay tuned. We'll talk more about our predictions a little bit later on here. Um, My overall thoughts on the bracket are... well, it looks relatively balanced. Like like Jason was saying, there's no real standout region that kind of strikes you as reaching a death this year. What the hell is that? Jason, wake up. Who? You with us? I'm, I, caught, I got disconnected. I came back in. Okay. I think we're having connectivity issues here. Is everybody good? Sorry, apologies to those listening if we are live. I'm good, but so far, uh, Brandon, I don't think this counts. So uh, you lost our little pre-show bet there. Damn it. Well, we did kind of go off the rails a little bit. Yeah. We started off the rails. All right, let's continue with the show then. Apologies to our listeners for the technical difficulties. It wouldn't be an episode of the kickoff without them. That being Mm. said, uh, there's no real standout group of death this year. The the three lines in each of the groups, I would argue that the weakest three line is in Duke's group because LSU is a basket case at best right now with everything going on with uh, Will Wade not being their coach anymore, possibly permanently. Um, Houston, I think, might be the weakest of the three seeds overall as a, as an overall team. And I don't buy Purdue as a legitimate three seed either. But that being said, otherwise, uh, one through four in most of the other regions, I don't really have an issue with. Because you have... Um, Go ahead, Eric. I was going to say, I get Gonzaga, but if the whole thought process was when they lost the West Coast Conference final, that shrank the bubble by one. When they were expected to beat St. Mary's pretty much going away, how did all of that still justify them as being a one seed? I, I would have dropped them down a little bit. I said Outside somewhere that, I don't have any minor I don't really have anything else. I said on a on a group chat and I I honestly do think this played an impact. I think I think the committee wanted to show that show the world and show the country that we don't have a bias. We will put whoever we think is the top team into the num into the number one slot. So they made a Yeah, we don't we don't have a bias. Let's just give all the number ones to the ACC. Well, yeah, object to that. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing that kind of upset me, and especially given Virginia's recent history as a number one seed. Like, I get that they're twenty nine and three this year. Good for you, congratulations, y'all, freaking who? But at the same time, this is also the same team basically that lost as a number one seed last year. And Boy, I know that, that we're not Caesar's pizza was delicious. And I'm not going to sit here and say that we're not supposed that we are supposed to count what happened last year in this year's tournament seedings because we're not allegedly, but that has to play a part in some of the committee's minds of maybe we want to see them as a one seed just to see if it can happen again. 
I'll take more Little Caesars if it does. I know they're mighty quiet over in that chain all of a sudden. I wonder why. Hmm. All right. So we mentioned that we mentioned that there were no real significant snubs this year, that no team that got left out of the tournament really has a super legitimate bitch about being left out of the tournament. That being said, Eric, if you were to look at one team in the NIT and say that they could have had a very strong run in this NCAA tournament, who would you pick? I mean, considering, yes, the, you could look at the Big Ten overall and say it was pretty meh outside of Michigan and Michigan State, but I think personally, if you had given Indiana a chance... They would really have surprised some people. The fact that they're a one-to-one line in the NIT and just that that close put them in a playing game or even as one of those 12 seeds, a Sweet 16 run would not have overly amazed me. Brandon, same question. What team in the NIT do you think would have made the best run in the NCAA tournament? Um, I, I think I'd have to agree with Eric that uh, Indiana, if they were put in there, definitely could have made some noise uh, in the tournament. Jason? I'm going to have to agree. Indiana could could got hot at the right moment and made a good case and made some noise from, like Eric said, maybe a 12 seed. But it's... I mean, even as an ACC fan, it's eight, all ACC teams get invites pretty much. So we had to make room for them. So somebody's going to get so, some Cinderella team that could have made went in, got kind of pushed aside to the NIT simply because we got to get the ACC teams in. I'm actually going to be the difference here. I'm going to say that the team that I think could have made a surprising run in this tournament could have been this year's Loyola Chicago even, is Furman, a team that started this year actually ranked in the top 25 at 7-0 and after beating last year's national champions, Villanova, in Philadelphia. Uh, I think personally the Paladins kind of peaked too soon. I think you, you could certainly argue that. I mean, 25-7 and seven is the finishing record. So, obviously, after the, the shotgun start that they got off to, they clearly went downhill afterwards. But I would still argue that a team that beat the defending national champion would have to be in consideration as a potential bracket buster, would they not? Yeah. Yeah, and if, if, if they had gotten in, if they'd won the conference, of course, I would have put them up there. But that's the problem with one-bid leagues. Mm-hmm. The other team that's in the NIT that I think could have had a major run had they been able to put anything together in the Big East is Butler. Yeah. And oh. that's just be- Oh yeah. And that's just because Butler always puts together big runs. Well, this uh, was a very said, wacky uh Big East season. Yeah, that said, Butler finished five hundred on the year. So them not getting in is no argument. The NIT, putting them into the NIT is strictly probably for name value. They get Nebraska in the first round of the NIT tomorrow night. Speaking of the Big East, um, how big did you guys pop when you first... I don't know if any of you guys have watched any of the Big East games on on Fox or FS1, but them using uh, Round Ball Rock on uh, Fox this year. I heard it, and I was like, no way. No way. I'm like... I had to give Fox a lot of credit. I'm oh like, yeah, who knows to you? <laughs> I have a pretty good idea. I know where this next segment is going, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Jason, what player will have the biggest impact on this year's tournament? Uh, uh, this is a tough one. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a little guy that can't stay in that's so good that he blows out his own shoes, <laughs> and that's Zion. Uh, I think this is he's going to use this as the 
showcase to show off his elite ability. And barring any injuries, he's going to just take over games down the stretch. And as much as I, as much as I love Will Greer, um, I, I'm going to be just as much as a uh, Duke supporter this March Madness. Eric, while I do agree, and I mean, let's face it, any individual player who will increase the net worth of an NBA franchise by half a billion dollars by himself, yes, that's going to be the intrigue. However, there's a number two behind Zion that I'm going to keep an eye on. And I'm pretty sure other NBA teams will too. Ja Morant from Murray State. Granted, not as big, not as all around as Zion, but the number one pick is locked up. A lot of teams are going to be fighting for that number two pick as well. So there's going to be a lot of eyes on him. Funny that you mentioned Ja Morant. Stay tuned. (laughs) Brandon? Uh, Yeah, Zion Williamson is definitely going to be the uh, biggest name to watch in this tournament. And not just on the court in terms of how he plays, but I have a feeling that if there's any slightest issue where he's unsure if he's 100%, he's going to sit out the rest of it. And I will give a secondary uh, player to watch, Miles Powell. I feel that's minorly homerific. Just a bit. For those who don't know who Miles Powell is, since Brandon didn't give you the courtesy of telling you, Fair enough. He, plays for, he, he plays for Seton Hall. He is the big man on campus. No. Our Shut big up. man on campus got suspended and ruled ineligible. Seven damn uh, players. If it's any consolation, we lost one of our best players due to act to, due to NCAA ineligibility as well, Eric. But Harry, seven players for the entire season. That's it, what we were left with. It was only Silvio D'Souza for us, but and then on Hernandez, known last year to Miami fans as Dewan Hule. <laughs> I think you guys have the right team with your players, but I think you have the wrong person. I don't think it's going to come down to Zion Williamson for Duke. I think it's going to come down to his contemporary, R.J. Barrett. Barrett's the one that had to carry the team in Zion's absence. Barrett may be the one that has to carry the team should anything happen that Williamson re-aggravates the injury that he sustained against North Carolina as well. The only thing that got hurt during that game was Nike stock. And they bounced right back. <laughs> I could have sworn that those were Adidas sneakers that he was wearing that he blew out. Nope. No, they were Nikes. Or and maybe he, he did back. a whole investigation involving a lot of physics as to why that shoe blew out and even the new shoes that he's had since then. Oh, there's a lot of fat contracts waiting for him. Hmm. Are his new shoes Adidas? Is that what I was reading then? Uh, I I thought he's uh, is going to. The rumor I heard is he's being pursued by uh, Steph Curry and Under Armour mm-hmm. for, a, lu- for a lucrative for a lucrative contract. Well, that's fine for him to be able to uh, pursue said contract once his senior once his season is done, but. When he came back, I know he wasn't – I don't believe he was wearing Nikes when he came back on the floor after blowing out that one against Carolina, was he? I'm not really for sure. I haven't I, – I wasn't looking at his feet. Hmm. I have to look into that there. All right, let's get into the actual heart of the reason why we're here. Let's get into some predictions, gentlemen, shall we? Let's do it. Oh, they are new Nike shoes. I was just looking that up. Well. 
there you go. I guess I was wrong. All right, maybe, so we're gonna maybe instead of ten year olds making issues, they they upgraded to the thirteen year olds. <laughs> Again, well, they, the did, they sent their top people there, so somebody got fired in that sweatshop. That's for damn sure. Oh yeah, at minimum. But mm. we won't discuss that. Buildings, yeah, have on top of them for a reason. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on here. All right, so let's talk about our individual region major upsets here. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the first round because one of mine isn't in one of these regions, but it is, in your opinion, the biggest um, line drawn, the seating drawn upset that you have occurring in this bracket throughout the course of it. We start in the east. Eric, I start with you. In the East, I've got a couple. And you would even mention about a weak number three seed. So I don't know how many people would have this as an upset. But when you don't go dancing for a while, you get a couple drinks in you. You're out on the floor. And if you look like me, you're really cut loose. Epic hair and all. So... I, in my bracket, I've got Yale. They are really, they're not going to go much farther beyond that, but I really think that they could go there and at least say, hey, yeah, we're Ivy League, but we're here for a reason. Well, they know a thing or two about handling Tigers. Hi, Preston. Let I'll, I'll go next since mine is uh, on the same wavelength as Eric. Just um, I have that team that you have them losing to uh, getting past Yale, but not past their next opponent. And which one of their next opponents is it? That would be Maryland. So a six-three, really, Brandon? That's. That's the only real big upset I have. Look, I'm, what are you talking I have, about? I have the same. I have the same pick, but I was going to change it when Brandon just because Brandon said that I was going to take a first round upset. But yeah, I mean, I had the same pick. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to say that it's. I'm not saying that uh, it's six over three isn't an upset. But if three is your biggest, if three seed lines is your biggest upset in the region, you must have that region going very chalk. Yes, I do. The only lower seed I have winning in the first round is UCF. I have a couple of lower seeds winning in the first round, and one of them is actually whoever wins this play-in game beating Maryland. But that's... That's not my big one. I'll give you guys that in a second. Jason, did you have one that you wanted to chime in with? Um, yeah, I mean, since he picked that one, I'm gonna take a first round pick. Um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go out on a limb and um I didn't watch this school. Well, the the team that's gonna be upset. I didn't get to watch them much this at all this season, actually. But they're an ACC school. And um, just in honor of Nelly, I'm going to take St. Louis over Virginia Tech. Mm, I, I'm close. I have the right, but it's in that range. I just went the other way around. Virginia Tech winning, but I've got Liberty beating Mississippi State. That Liberty. was the other one I was looking at. Liberty beating Mississippi State is mine, Eric. Since you took <laughs> Yale over LSU, I don't buy Mississippi State. I haven't bought them all season. They have been horrendously inconsistent. You could arguably say that about anybody in the SEC not named Kentucky this year, more or less. But, huh? I, I was foreshadowing. You're foreshadowing uh, a team. All right. So, yeah. I got I got the Liberty Flames taking out the Mississippi State Bulldogs. So you have a Bulldog winning in your upset, Eric. I have a Bulldog losing in mine. Yeah, I actually have both. I've got one winning and one losing. <laughs> let 
Let's go west, young men. The western bracket. California is full of whiskey, women, and gold. Eric, western bracket. I uh, got another couple of upsets in this one, but I said about John Morant, I've got Murray State taking out Marquette. I really (laughs) fucking hate you. (laughs) That. That's mine as well. Murray State over Marquette in the first round. Okay, since Eric is taking that one, I'll go next year. I said it's great to be a Florida Gator. Said it's great to be a. F- Let me preface this by saying that we don't get screwed like we did against Auburn in the semifinals of the SEC tournament. I have Florida taking out Michigan in the round of 32. I also have that. Um, but my but I have one even bigger. I, I have I have one a little bigger. Go ahead, uh, Jason. Well, I I have the same team, but I have him going over Florida State, and that's Murray State going over Florida State. Ooh, and around that. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I've got that one, too. I, I, look, If you look at my bracket, I've already got two 12 seeds making the Sweet 16. Wait, you have Liberty in your Sweet 16 as well? Mm-hmm. Wow. Cinderella's going dancing, apparently. All right, Brandon, what do you got? Uh, I have the winner of tonight's game. Uh, over Texas Tech. Um, the winner of tonight's game actually plays tomorrow night's game. Oh, okay, tomorrow night's game. Buffalo, yeah. 6-11. And I have them not only being Buffalo, but also being Texas Tech as well. I strongly disagree with that. Buffalo is really good this year. Yeah, I got like Buffalo going to my... I've got Buffalo going pretty deep. I have them. I have the Bulls losing to Texas Tech in the round of thirty-two, but I definitely have them getting by either Arizona State or St. John's. Same. I have them. I have them beating Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech is going to struggle against Northern Kentucky. Honestly, the Norse are coming back for a second season in a row, and this is a much more cohesive team than the one that appeared last year and got a fifteen seed. And that Northern Kentucky team gave Kentucky, Kentucky fits for the vast majority of that game. We move over to the South, Eric. I mean, the South, I have to admit, I I don't see a lot really going on. Oh, that's... I hate to break it to you. I got the South as my bracket that's going chalk. <laughs> okay. So no upset but, pick for granted, For the most part, if we're going upsets as far as deeper on, uh, there's a certain little six seed that I've got making God quite a run. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking at my fucking bracket? <laughs> I I have something else happening to that six seed, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. Jason, you seem pissed. You might as well go next. Yeah, I have I have a certain six seed in the south going to my elite eight. Look, I'm well, the hive mind thing we've got going on. I don't know if I like it just yet. Okay, you gotta well, warn me, boys. <laughs> all right, Brandon, I'm gonna let you talk in a second here because I feel the need to break up the bromance here. I have a team from that match going to the Elite Eight, but it's not the six seed. I have St. Mary's beating Villanova and going all the way to the Elite Eight. Wow. Ooh. Mm, mm, mm. I, I, uh, St. Mary's is strong this year. I just don't think that they've got the depth. Hmm. Tell that to Gonzaga. Hmm. That is true. 
Gonzaga is a was it strong should not have been a one seed. Agreed. And, and they really wasn't playing for a one seed in that in their conference tournament. They was a lot. They knew the worst worst case scenario. They was getting a two. So in, in you're not going to you're not going to lay everything out 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 there when you know the worst possible scenario is you're a two seed. And, and, and personally, because St. Mary's beat them, I would have had them on my three line. <laughs> Brandon, what's your upset for the South? My big upset for the South is Purdue going down in the first round to Old Dominion. To Old Dominion, wow. That one's ballsy. I like it. Because I actually thought about that myself. And then my yeah. other my other smaller one is uh, Iowa winning in the 7-10 spot. I have one for you. Once again, Virginia becomes the first one seed to go down. It's not a UMBC situation, though. Gardner-Webb does not beat them. Oh, damn it. Oklahoma does. I, I could see that. I I've do not to. have that, but I could see it happening. What was that, Jason? I said, I got Oklahoma getting beat by Ole Miss. Same. I, see, I've seen enough of Ole Miss this year that I don't buy them as a threat much like Mississippi State. For much the same reason, inconsistency. Let's move over to the Midwest here. I feel like somebody's about to break my heart in this prediction. Eric? Now, uh, going to wait. Let me double check. Scrolling, scrolling. Okay. I want to go, go last on this one. No, I should go last. This my, Mine's going to be the biggest. You think? Yeah. Uh, All right. Right. If we're looking Midwest, yeah, I've got Ohio State. Uh, taking out Iowa State. That's been what. That's my main upset of that part of the bracket. I I'll also take that have that, but I'll take that a step further. I have Ohio State beating Houston as well. As do I. I'll take that and call Brandon's bluff. I've got Iowa State versus Wofford in the Elite Eight. <laughs> I have something even bigger than that. I know what you have. You probably have. Uh, you probably have Houston versus Seton Hall. No, I have Ohio State against Seton Hall. Say who? Well, damn. <laughs> I, yeah, I have way too much faith in Wofford for that one. <laughs> I, they've been on a. We've been on a roll this year, can and I, especially can I at the end of the season. Can I just state for the record that if the Wofford or Seton Hall versus Kentucky thing happens, I'm tearing up my bracket right then and there? Well, see, here's the thing. We beat them once already this year. And don't you think that means that they're going to be ready for you the second time? Perhaps, but it gives us confidence going into the game. Yeah, and you may want to tear up your bracket. Because I'm sorry, I got Wofford. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm I want to go on it. I want to go on a side bet here. Since you're so you're so adamant about Seton Hall and you're going to be a homer, I will take Wofford minus four against Seton Hall with you. Ooh. It's minus four. No, I will give you four points. Oh, it, hold on. Hold on, I have a USA Today in front of me. I can actually check the exact line. Give me one second. You guys talk, I'll look. Okay. But I yeah, mean, I, I... If that line, especially if it's more favorable, I'll take that four. Yeah, I, I would bet Wofford on that one. <laughs> Wofford is a three-point favorite against Seton Hall. So I, I just, just off the top of my head, I'll... I called it as a four. You didn't. Have you seen them play? No, I have not seen them play. But they, I know they, they are, are a very a, high octane offense. They are. They are a high octane, old school, Princeton offense. They are very fundamentally sound, but they get up and down the court very nicely. 
I'll lay those four points. I'll flat out. <laughs> they they are good. If it's any consolation, Brandon, at least you won't lose to us this year. <laughs> like, like I'm telling you, get get you get you a Wofford hoodie and start wearing it because it's get ahead of the curve. Just just call me call me Dickie V because it's it's going to happen. It's going to be awesome, baby. Ginger Thomas, has, has Ginger Thomas ever let you down? No, he's not. He comes through in the crotch. And the clutch. Take, <laughs> take his advice. <laughs> Bet Wofford. Over Kentucky. Make millions. Although That's technically, Rachel Bonetta call me. And where can uh, they get Eric? Of course, mybookie.com. Come on now. If you don't know by now about mybookie and using promo code PAT to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit, where it's practically the best betting days of the year, God, then you're just living under a rock. Can I just point out that that's my gimmick? (laughs) I feel it. You're slow. I've been infringed, and I do not appreciate it. <laughs> you, right. you see that? You, the bad thing about it, you see that softball just coming, 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 and you just had to watch and watch Eric knock it out of the park. And, I mean, I, come on. He gave you plenty of time. You stole the signals. He tipped a pitch when he was saying Wofford minus four. You just let it go right on by you. <laughs> this is what clutch hitters do. <laughs> They brought me in for relief. My 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 personal space has been violated, and I do not appreciate it. All right, let's get back on track. Like that ever happens mm. on this show? Yeah, really. Uh, there are upsets. Now let's talk about our actual predictions going forward from the Sweet Sixteen, gentlemen. Are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. All right, Eric, we start with you, and we go from the east. We're going to do it region by region, individual by individual, and then we'll play out the final four once we get to it. So who's, how does your east sweet 16 play out, Eric? Who do you have? Who's in your elite eight? What team goes to the final four? I've got Duke beating Liberty in the sweet 16. I've got Michigan State beating Maryland, and I've got Duke beating Michigan State to make the final four. Jason, uh, I've got Duke winning, Michigan State winning. Uh, let me get back. Okay, Duke, Michigan State, um, Gonzaga, Michigan, all going to the Elite Eight. That's to the West. Uh, I okay. gave you, I gave you the West too, because that's how yeah. I'm looking at my bracket. I need your other two teams in the uh, Sweet 16 in the East. God, I got to scroll back, you asshole. Uh, Damn it. Duke, Virginia Tech, which I thought I actually picked them being upset. Uh, Maryland and Michigan State. Okay. So you have a pair of conference matchups in your uh, – you have a pair of conference matchups in your Sweet 16. Yeah, I have – I have three ACC teams in my Sweet 16 out of the East. Well, a- ACC adjacent in Maryland, case, <laughs> but. All right, Brandon, you're up. For my Sweet 16 in the East? Yes. I have Duke, Vatek, with Duke winning that matchup, and then Maryland and Michigan State with Mich State winning. And then who goes to the final four? Mistake. Ooh. I've got Duke going. I've got Duke going to the final four. I have surprise no one. Yeah. Shocker. I have Duke over Virginia Tech, Michigan State over Temple. Although it's looking like Belmont's gonna beat them, so I guess Michigan State over Belmont. 
I'm off to a fabulous start. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and Duke over Sparty to win the East. Let's go out to the West, Eric. Sweet 16 forward to the Final Four. Gonzaga beating Murray State in the Sweet 16. Michigan over Texas Tech. Michigan beating Gonzaga to make the Final Four. Jason. I've got I've got the exact same thing. I've got Michigan in my final four going over Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. Who were their sweet sixteen opponents? I got Gonzaga over Baylor, Murray State over FSU, Buffalo over Texas Tech, and Michigan over Florida. Then you got Michigan facing Gonzaga with Michigan going to the final four. Brandon. What is that? What bracket are we on right now? The West. The West. Okay. I've got bottom. I've got Baylor or I've got Baylor and Marquette with Marquette winning. And I've got uh Wait, 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 wait. Did this some bitch just pick Baylor over Gonzaga? I did. And try to slickly do so because he didn't mention it during his upset pick earlier. <laughs> because I yeah. had even bigger upsets in that bracket, which I am about to get to, and th- and one of which you'll be very happy about, Harry. Continue. I have the so, win. I have the so win. So Baylor Marquette and the winner of Arizona State versus St. John's versus Florida. With Florida getting to the Elite Eight. Holy McJeebus. <laughs> Who do you have coming out of the Baylor-Marquette game? Marquette. Okay, so Florida-Marquette. Who goes to the Final Four? Marquette. You freaking homer. <laughs> are you higher than draft pussy right now? If you are, tell me what stream so I can find it. I mean, I'm a I'm a massive Florida homer, and even I don't have them getting out of the Sweet 16. I have Gonzaga, Florida State, Texas Tech, and Florida. Gonzaga, Texas Tech, Gonzaga to the Final Four. We move over to the South, Eric. Virginia over Kansas State. Villanova over Tennessee. And part of me hates to do this, but Virginia over Villanova to get to the final four. Oh, they're so boring. Jason? I got Virginia over Ole Miss, Oregon over K-State, Nova over Purdue, Tennessee, Cincinnati, then Nova over Tennessee, Virginia over Oregon. Villanova over Virginia. Brandon? I have Virginia and Wisconsin, with Wisconsin being Virginia, and Villanova and Tennessee, with Tennessee uh, winning, and Wisconsin making it to the Final Four. Four words I hate saying on this show. I agree with Brandon. Kind of. I have Wisconsin beating Oklahoma. St. Mary's beating Cincinnati. But Wisconsin going to the Final Four beating St. Mary's. Frankly, I'm expecting all hell to break loose in the South. (laughs) The South shall rise again. Okay, I just want everybody to know that Eric is a black man saying that, so I think we can get away with it. He's black Irish. It was confirmed. Exactly. And remember, you can send all hate mail to s.carver at (laughs) gmail.com. Actually, actually, you can send all hate mail to... Oh, no. 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 Hi, Bosh. No. Hold on, let me find it. Nope, nope, 
Nope. Moving on. Eric Midwest. Wait a minute. Don't don't you can send all hate mail to 732. No. No. Use his microphone. No. Besides, We're not doing that. That's not hate mail. Those would be hate texts. Completely different thing. That, We're not that's doing this. That's to get your schedule changed at BW3 to wash dishes. <laughs> Eric Midwest. Uh, UNC beating Kansas. Houston beating Wofford. Uh, North Carolina making it to the Final Four. So you have three ones and a two. I know. I know. You basic bitch. Hmm. Look, I'm surrounded by people, by blondes, wearing yoga pants, drinking pumpkin spice lattes from Starbucks. The basic is going to rub off. That is until I break out my camera for a couple hundred bucks and then let nature take its course. (laughs) Jason? Um... I've got North Carolina over Kansas, Iowa State over Wofford, North Carolina going to the Final Four. Brandon? I have Kansas over UNC, the Hall over Ohio State, and Kansas, unfortunately, beating our asses again. He even admits that he's our bitch. <laughs> I would not be surprised if they won, though. I have I have North Carolina over Kansas. Uh, everybody who listened to last year's knows I am a huge Kansas fan, but this is not the same Kansas team as we had last year. There's no Devontae Green. There's no LeGerald Vick. And Udoka as a bouquet ended up hurt, getting hurt during the season is out for the rest of the year. Carolina over Kansas, Kentucky over Ohio State, Kentucky over Carolina to go to the Final Four. Eric, play out your Final Four for us. Duke in a little bit of a squeaker over Michigan. UNC finally putting Virginia and their boredom out of their misery. To set up a Tobacco Road rematch yet again. And, oh, yes, Duke does take the title. Would this be the first time ever that a team, the teams have met four times in a season? In the men's tournament, I would say yes. If not, it has to be close. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think it happened in the women's tournament a couple of years ago with Tennessee and South Carolina. Yes, that actually happened a couple of times in the women's tournament because you go back to when Maryland beat Duke. <laughs> Jason, run your final four: Duke over Michigan, UNC over Nova, Duke eighty-seven, North Carolina eighty-five. Oh, are we giving scores too? Because I could give the score uh, from as well. I, I, I'm over Feel free. Yeah, free, uh, I've got Duke 80, Tar Heel 73. Brandon, run it. Mitch State over Marquette, Wisconsin over Kansas, and uh, I, I think Wisconsin will be able to pull it out. Mm-hmm. Damn pack of badgers. <laughs> there, is, there is a level of homerism here that I am frankly uncomfortable with. And I say this as a Florida Gator fan. <laughs> uh, Somehow I, have, I said that I would be the least homer person on the show. And, uh, yeah. I'm not a homer. Yes, you have, Duke. <laughs> Eric has Duke at the same time. That's all well and good. Eric's not a Duke fan. Thank you. I'm a Duke fan. I'm a fan of Coach K and great basketball. What can I say? I met the man. He's a good guy. 
I'm not saying he's not a good guy, and I even listened to his radio show when I had Sirius XM, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be rooting for his team. If I we had more than seven scholars players, we would have been able to beat him. All right, now, all right, Jason, now I'm curious, without looking it up, spell Krzyzewski. Uh Coach K. <laughs> Krzyzewski. I can even spell Krzyzewski without looking it up. I can't. I can't fully. I know what it starts with. K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I. I could go as far as the K-R-Y-S-Z. Yeah, same here. M-I-K-E, Mike. <laughs> I was waiting for like an M-I-C-K-E-Y. I don't know. know him. It's Mikey. Mikey K. Anyway, uh, Gonzaga. Happens if you if you just open up a can of uh, of alphabet soup, look at it, and that's his name. <laughs> I feel time. like that's how they came up with it. Yes. Just a lot of consonants that make no sense. Gonzaga over Duke. Kentucky over Wisconsin, Gonzaga 67-61. At least an alphabet soup instead of alphabets. But then you look at your message in alphabets and it just says, ooh, and then you realize you've been eating Cheerios the whole damn time. (laughs) Exactly. That's messed up. And this issue of Just a Tip (laughs) has been brought to you by our friends at Buffalo Wild Wings. If you give us a call, we'll give you a dishwasher. (laughs) Buffalo Wild Wild Wings. Eat, drink, play. Wait, that's that's David Buster's. Nice job. Buffalo Wild Wings, we got a we got a chair just for you. <laughs> we're not topping that, so we're not gonna try. Ladies and gentlemen, let's be honest, gentlemen, enjoy the tournament. We'll hopefully be back with you next week for our rebracket slash breakdown of week one. This has been the tip off here on the W2M network. Where can people find you online, Eric? At Squid Sports Head, uh, we're also Soccer to the Max is starting to get into the swing of things. We've started this season. We've got another episode coming up Thursday after the men's national team plays Ecuador. Ecuador, Ecuador. Brandon, where can people find you online? They can find me online on Twitter at Bisco underscore Gotham SN and uh, on Facebook and the the wrestling podcasts have started to come back, so check those out. Yeah. There's there's supposed to be a pay-per-view podcast, too, but that's not going so well. Yes, yes, yes. Jason, I feel your pain. Uh, you can find me. I uh, just did it, wrapped up a show of source material with my former co-host on From the Chief Seats, Jesse Starcher. Also, you can look me up at 732 <laughs> No! Or at TurkaGlue822 on the Twitter. He God. tried to get in there so stealthily. Yeah, and, and if I wouldn't have caught on halfway through, uh, he probably would have. Oh I I tried. As soon as they got through those first six numbers, I couldn't hold it in anymore. <laughs> Jesus. You can find me online at HEB the Eagle on Twitter, even though I admittedly barely use it. In addition, Facebook, Harry Broadhurst. Yes, uh, the Chairshot Wrestling Group, the Wrestling for the Max Wrestling Group. Uh, Chairshot.com has my Progress Wrestling and Impact Wrestling reviews. They also have my raw reaction that I do with Tony Acero and Andrew Belaz every Monday night at 11.30. Brandon and I have brought back the SmackDown review since Brandon's now doing raw with Cedric Cologne. 
Did you guys do this week's episode of Raw, Brandon? No, we didn't get the chance to do uh, this week. Are we doing SmackDown? Uh, if you want to do SmackDown, we can. Uh, do you want to knock that out tonight, or do you want to just do that tomorrow? We can knock it out after this. Very well. So, for Jason Teasley, Eric Watkins, and Brandon Biskipping, I'm Harry Broadhurst. You have been listening to Just the Tip-Off here on the W2M Network. You got your wish, Jason. I, Jason, I kept it in for you. You happy? Seven three two six four eight. No. 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 <laughs> and, and the show, Brandon. We'll catch you guys next week for the follow-up. <laughs>